and welcome to another episode of A Little Spooky. This is the show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like cryptids, urban legends, conspiracy theories, aliens, or that mysterious bruise you found on your leg when you woke up this morning. Where did it come from? How did it get there? My name's Colleen. My name's Everett. Anytime you say, where did it come from? I just thought you're going to finish Katnajo. Where did it come from? Katnajo. Hey, so before I start this episode, I want to give a shout out to our listener and Patreon subscriber, Semantics. Also, our Discord moderator. One of our. One of our Discord moderators. We just wanted to shout out, say thank you for joining the Patreon. Yeah, thank you for supporting us and the rest of the shows on Nerdsloth. If that's something that you would be able and willing to do, we would always uh, love to talk to you on Discord. Uh, Links are on nerdsloth.com and all over the social medias as well. And if you would consider, if able to, you can always support Nerdsloth directly uh, through Patreon, too. Yeah. So thanks, Semantics. Yeah, thank you. Also, I love your your name. Yeah. As a linguist myself, I love a good Semantics pun. Um, And for those that reading his name it's some antics like with the spaces involved yeah so it's just semantics i like it anyways thanks dude yeah well colleen this week what's new what's popping what's dropping not much yo (laughs) (laughs) um i just wanted to say i'm in the middle of this show that just popped up on netflix i had no like knowledge of beforehand called archive 81 apparently it's based off of a podcast um, also a podcast I'm not familiar with, but I'm digging it. Yeah, this turd started the series after I went to bed one day. So now I can't ever catch up because I always go to bed before him. And that's, Sucks. How, that's how you win. Yeah. You have to stay ahead of the game. I can't um, help it that the, I like to sleep at least six hours a night. The, the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because I've been, like, well, for, for those that don't know what the show is, it's like... There's the main characters like trying to solve a conspiracy, right? Like that's kind of I'm not going to do anything I spoiler wise know beyond. If you've watched it without me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything beyond that uh, to avoid spoilers. But the reason that I bring it up is because I've been in this mindset of like more so than usual about conspiracies and like what's really happening, what's the truth. That's how I feel all the time. So today's episode is going to be. In that mindset. Yes, queen. Everett hates it when I say that. You should see the disgusted look on his face. All right. So today we are going to talk about one of the earliest internet conspiracy theories. Now, this came about in the 90s at the birth of the internet. And obviously in this time period, the internet was not as sophisticated as it is today. So this conspiracy was given life on general message boards. If I could say something, I feel like the internet has gotten steadily less sophisticated over time in terms of content. Okay, true. (laughs) But I'm just thinking the tools that are available to us now with like being able to, I forget what it's called, but there's like this website where you can backdate like how the internet looked. Right. Is that the Wayback Machine? Yeah, the Wayback Machine. That's it. So from my understanding, a lot of the information isn't even available on the Wayback Machine, uh, either because it was dated before that was even recording data, mm-hmm. or it's just lost to time and there's no uh, actual records of a lot of this. Sure. But luckily, a lot of the victim's family in this case has a similar mindset and belief 
to a lot of these people that were theorizing on the internet. Okay. So we're going to be hearing uh, from them directly. We're going to have a lot of quotes from family and friends in this episode. Uh, we have a good idea of what probably happened, but we theorize on other possibilities. So what we're talking about today, the subject is the death of Philip Taylor Kramer. Do you know who that is? No, but this sounds like a mix between a conspiracy and true crime. And those are my two favorite things ever. Well, it's I wouldn't even say it's true crime because there's not even necessarily a crime involved. What? We'll talk about it. So Philip Taylor Kramer was born in 1952 in Youngstown, Ohio. His father was a professor of electrical engineering, and he grew up with an interest in math and science. Uh, It was recorded that he won his high school science fair by developing a laser that was strong enough to pop a balloon. What the fuck? Now, obviously, today, that's, like, not super impressive, but back then... High school me could not have created a laser that would pop anything. And that was in the 60s. So, like, very very tacky. Yeah. Uh, In 1974, Kramer joined the band Iron Butterfly at the age of 22. Mm. Do do you know Iron Butterfly? Sounds vaguely familiar for some reason. Should I have heard of it? I think he will in a moment. He joined the band after the height of their popularity. Iron Butterfly was originally formed in 1966, and their most popular single was released in 1968, In Agata Da Vida. Ah, In Agata Da Vida, baby. Yes. So the band broke up in 1971 due to a disagreement within the band and formed under new members in 1974, bringing Kramer on as the bassist. So did they just, like, not like their old bassist? They were like, hey, we're breaking up, and then, like, went to somebody else's house, and they were like, we're just going to rename ourselves. So so the the history of the band isn't, like, crucial to the story, but I did read the entire Wikipedia page (laughs) of Iron Butterfly, and it seems like this band broke up Dozens of times yeah, over the course of the years. Yeah, but all those bands did. I mean, so, like... But the, the important thing to note, though, is when Kramer joined in 1974, I think, like, half of the original members had already left. Okay. Uh, so he was obviously replacing someone, uh, along with one other person, too, who we will be talking about. Okay. So during Kramer's time with Iron Butterfly, they recorded two albums that were both released in 1975, Scorching Beauty and Sun and Steel. The new albums did not sell very well, and due to the poor sales and poor management, Iron Butterfly began to fizzle out. Kramer played in side projects for a few more years with bandmate Ron Bushy until he decided to end his career as a musician. And Ron Bushy, I believe, he was definitely not an original member of this band. I'm not sure if he joined in as this, at the same time as Kramer, but they, I know they did stay close, and they were friends even after sure. uh, he left the band. Okay. So after leaving the band, Philip Taylor Kramer reportedly dropped the Philip from his name from that point onward. The reason I want to even bring that up is because I might say Taylor for a few times from here on out. And that's because he did drop the name Philip. Who drops so. their first name? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just his choice. How old is he about at this time? Well, he was 22 when he joined and that was in 74. So when he uh, left, it was around 79. Oh, okay. So he'd be in his mid 20s. Got it. I guess Paul McCartney was actually James Paul McCartney. You just want to avoid three names because that's what. That's true. That's That's definitely uh, all the assassins. Yeah, I was going to say that's what presidential assassins (laughs) have. 
So after he dropped the fill up, he was Taylor Kramer and he decided he wanted to go back to school because he had that interest in math and science, if you remember. Good on ya, Taylor. After being a somewhat successful musician, he earned his degree in aerospace engineering. Damn. Which led to a job working for a contractor of the United States Department of Defense as an engineering specialist. His first job was working on the MX missile guidance system, which was originally started in 1985 as an experimental missile project that led to the development of the LGM-118 Peacekeeper, which is a specific type of uh, ICBM, or Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. So obviously that's like very highbrow stuff. He's an intelligent man. I feel like there's a lot of musicians like that. Wasn't there one of the members of Queen? Didn't he do rocket science? (laughs) Maybe. I I don't know much other than what's generally known about Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I only know a little bit about Freddie Mercury. Oh, in terms of Queen. Yes. Right. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm all about Iron Butterfly right All right, I feel you. I feel you. So after his time on that project, working on that ICBM, he moved out of that industry and into the computer industry, and he was working on advanced communications, fractal compression, and facial recognition. So in 1990, Kramer combined his background in computers and his connections in the music industry. He co-founded Total Multimedia Inc. with Randy Jackson, brother of Michael Jackson. Not the one from American Idol, but the one from Jackson 5. (laughs) I'm not feeling it, dog. So the goal of this company was to develop more efficient data compression techniques for CD-ROMs. In 1992, Total Multimedia Inc. claimed to have been the first to develop a compression capable of putting a full-motion video on a single-speed CD. However, in 1994, the company was forced to declare bankruptcy and restructure. Kramer stayed in the company, but was reported by his family and friends to have taken a blow mentally and emotionally. I suppose. Starting your own business and having it crash like that? And not only starting your own business and having it crash, but also developing revolutionary inventions really revolutionary technology and nobody has heard of your name right and i mean he was also (laughs) in a band too that was fairly popular i mean he kind of joined after their height of popularity but even so he's like doing big things yeah if anybody's name deserves to be remembered it's the man who was both an iron butterfly and revolutionized cd-rom technology and worked on icbms too true so on february 12th of 1995 Kramer was scheduled to pick up a business associate and his wife at LAX, the airport in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. After Kramer was to pick up the couple, he planned to take them back to his home for a relaxing evening. But according to the LA Times, on his way back to the airport, Kramer called home to make his wife aware that plans had changed, but that he would be back with a big surprise. He then called his old friend and bandmate, Iron Butterfly drummer Ron Bushy. And according to Bushy in an interview, Kramer had said, Bush, it's Taylor. I love you more than life itself. Then he hung up. What? After that, another call was made to his wife again, telling her, whatever happens, I'll always be with you. What? Uh, Reports from his family say that Kramer had been working around the clock and hadn't slept for close to two weeks leading up to that day. So they weren't sure if he was fully mentally there at this point in time. Yeah. Can you survive two solid weeks without sleep? Well, I mean, I'm sure he got some sleep, but it was around the clock working, really. 
with maybe naps, you know. How effective could your work be with two weeks of no sleep? Well, he made one more call this morning. Okay. At 11.59 a.m., Kramer made a 911 call. And this is a quote from that call. This is Philip Taylor Kramer. I am going to kill myself. And I want everyone to know O.J. Simpson is innocent. They did it. What? What? <laughs> like, what is happening? Yes. So now that, that last statement is supposedly in reference to video evidence Kramer had recently been hired to authenticate for the FBI and the DEA for the OJ murder trial. This was the last time anybody heard from him on that 911 call. Okay, so it starts that he's just picking up friends. He's got future plans, right? He's mm -hmm. picking up friends. They're going to have a relaxing day. He calls his wife and says, JK, change of plans, but I'm coming home soon with a big surprise. Yes. And then all of a sudden, I'm killing myself and OJ's innocent? Yes. What is that? Oh, we don't know. What? <laughs> I just, it was obviously a spur-of-the-moment decision. Otherwise, he wouldn't have agreed to pick up friends from the airport. Yes, definitely. So we're going to talk about the police investigation now. Okay. The police could not find Kramer or his vehicle. For more than four years, it was as if Kramer had simply disappeared. And this quote is from former L.A. police officer Chuck Carter during the time of the investigation. Something happened during that time, either in his head or at the terminal, that made him turn away. And I'll tell you, I haven't a clue. The guy didn't have an enemy. The guy was a dedicated family man. I checked him out. Whatever happened in his head while at the airport, or whatever happened right in the airport, I've got a feeling we'll learn from Kramer himself. My first assumption would be his that he's dead. Why would the police be like, well, we'll hear it from Kramer himself? Four years after his disappearance, on May 29th, 1999, Kramer's 1993 Ford Aerostar van was found at the bottom of a Malibu ravine by hikers. This ravine was about one and a half miles east of the Pacific Coast Highway, which is where the 911 call was located from, or uh, triangulated to have come sure, from. Sure, sure. And he did call on his cell phone. He had a cell phone at the time, too, in well, 1995. Well, a man that high-tech should have a cell phone in 1999. 95. 95. This is 99 now, four years later. Right. His remains were found inside the vehicle and later identified through dental records. Okay, so they did find him. Yes. His death was ultimately ruled a probable suicide by authorities, likely due to what he had said on the 911 call, mm -hmm. although the remains were skeletal at this point. Sure. So they couldn't really do uh, an autopsy at this point. Right, but it's a fair assumption, especially where they found his body in I a car at the bottom of a ravine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. Unless I someone would put it there. Yes, I would investigate it, but it, uh, I mean, to me, that kind of seems to line up. True, and O.J. Simpson. How did he <laughs> weasel his way in here? Okay, so Kramer's family had doubts to the actual events that occurred, and they didn't agree with the finding that it was a probable suicide. Okay, Kramer's sister said in an interview with VH1, "My brother would not have left his family." His wife told the L.A. Times that Kramer would never for any reason or under any circumstances allow himself to completely abandon the family he loves more than life itself. Mm -hmm. Now, Kramer had reportedly been working on a revolutionary method of transporting information and matter through space, and his father remained unconvinced his death was a suicide. Taylor's father said, Taylor had told me a long time before there were people giving him problems. They wanted what he was doing, 
and several of them had threatened him. He told me, if I ever say I'm going to kill myself, don't you believe it? I'm <sighs> going to be needing help. Okay, that is, that's a red flag. Yes. Right there. I... I do see where the police would be coming from at the time if you don't know the person specifically. And the evidence that you laid out originally was presented to me as a police officer. I would also go probable suicide if I hadn't investigated and talked to the family. Now, the family would obviously know him the best, but I do. It's now I'm not going to comment on like the uh the quality of the police work that the LAPD is known for. Sure, but I will sure. say, right. I will say his body or his remains were not found until four years after his disappearance. Yeah. So they were, I can assume, especially right after his disappearance, they were investigating for potential suspects. Sure. So, right. If you hadn't find his body, you could assume, right. Or like, even if he did kill himself, what if he was, like, suicided? You know what I mean? We'll, we'll definitely talk about it. But what I'm trying to say, though, is they had four years to investigate for a potential person that was asking for a hit mm -hmm. or an actual murder suspect. They were aware or they were made aware of the work he was doing. They were, you know, talking to possible suspects or people of interest. Mm -hmm. And they... Got didn't nowhere. charge anyone with anything. Sure. So it was ruled a probable suicide regardless. Right. I feel like that's an easy out then. If True. you've been doing an investigation, got nowhere, and then we're like, well, you know, probable suicide. Yeah. And his body or his remains were found not very far from where he made the 911 call in which he said he was going to kill himself. Yeah. Why wouldn't that be like one of the first places you look around where he made the call? Apparently, the ravine was very deep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I can't comment on that. I don't know how don't difficult know. it is to search ravines. So in November of 1995, still some time before Kramer's remains were discovered, his disappearance was covered on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. According to their coverage, Kramer's wife Jennifer reported that for several weeks prior to his disappearance, he had been deeply involved in his work. He had made a breakthrough in his facial recognition program and had developed a system that could spot a missing child in a crowd of thousands after giving the program a picture of a small piece of the child's face. Damn. I mean, scary, but also amazing. Impressive. Yeah, yes. impressive. So the search supposedly only took a fraction of a second after putting the picture in the program. In 1995? Mm-hmm. And Kramer was able to create this program by using theories on data compression that were made by his own father several decades earlier. The two of them, Kramer and his father, believed that they had made an important mathematical discovery that could allow information to travel faster than the speed of light. According to Kramer's sister, Kathy, he was very excited that they had made this discovery that they were going to help people. She believed that the discovery was, in fact, real. However, she also believes the excitement of the discovery definitely overwhelmed him. Sure. I mean, you don't know the probable consequence. Any technology that can be used for good can also be used for evil. Now, let's kind of summarize what was happening before his disappearance, if we're to believe all of this information coming from several different people in his life. Mm-hmm. 
So he came up with that facial recognition program and was working on that. Mm -hmm. He apparently made that discovery with his father about a data compression theory that allowed things to be transported faster than the speed of light. Mm -hmm. He also was working on the video evidence for the OJ trial. What a weird conglomeration. Which was, of course, as I'm sure most of our listeners know, at that point in time, the most nationally covered crime slash trial of all time. Right. So three huge things were happening in his life leading up to his disappearance. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a whole lot. And even if it was just one, if it was just the OJ trial, it video evidence, mm -hmm. which he was analyzing and time stamping and doing a bunch of other stuff, like he was authenticating video evidence. Even if he was just doing that, think of how much pressure and stress that would be yeah. for a trial that huge. But then he's also doing other stuff, too. Yeah. If we have any mental health professionals listening to this, I would. One of the things that I was thinking earlier was mental break. Like, because there are people that everybody would say they would never do this. They've always been perfectly normal. And then. You know, stuff starts piling up, stuff starts piling, piling up or even maybe they had some like latent mental illness that like all of a sudden well, and, kicks and, in. I, well, and that's and, been known to happen. So has it happened that it, it's I mean, that sudden? Well, <laughs> a matter I mean, of well, I think we're going to talk about a lot of that in a little bit, too. But that is a lot to happen all at once, too. So it yes. could have just been stress induced, too. Right. But yes. Let's talk about some theories now. But before we do that up top, I do want to make it clear that we are not talking ill of Kramer, the victim, or his friends or family. The only reason I even feel comfortable talking about this case in general is because much of Taylor Kramer's family believes that there is a lot more to the story and that foul play may have been involved. Okay. So first theory that I have, and we can talk about any ideas you have too, uh, but the first theory is Kramer actually did commit suicide due to the stress of his work, monetary situation, a possible unknown mental health issue, and a variety of other causes that he may have felt piling on him. Mm -hmm. So maybe something did happen at the airport that acted as a, as a catalyst to that, you know, thought process he was having. Yeah. Occam's Razor states that the simplest explanation may be the best one, and that could definitely be the case here. He did, in fact, say on the 911 call that he was going to kill himself, and his loved ones you know, choose to take him, whether at his word or by the word of his father, saying, if I ever say I'm going to kill myself, yeah. that means I'm not going to. Yes means no. Do you have any information about the kinds of threats he was receiving? You mentioned previously that he was getting threats. That's just the statement his father made. But did he... He never expanded on it. And what were the threats for exactly? I think it was related to the discovery they had made. And so they must have been, it wasn't a secret then. I, I don't know how much of a secret it was. And I, I will say too, what, even if it was true, nothing came of it because we can't transport anything close to the speed of light now. Well, now I'm interested because who would have been threatening him? Like a government, the U.S. government, the Russian government? That's my next theory. So was Kramer murdered? Was he murdered by a rival competitor? Possibly a hit that was ordered by a government agency? So we have several sources claiming that Kramer was working on revolutionary ideas. 
if the descriptions of his work were accurate, his mathematical theories were so controversial that they actually disputed Einstein's theory of relativity. If Kramer had actually developed a new advanced mathematical theory and data compression, it would be extremely valuable. So maybe a competitor wanted to get a hold of it, or maybe the FBI or CIA wanted to make sure no one else had access to that technology because it would be extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. Another possible idea behind government involvement is Kramer's role in the O.J. Simpson trial. If we are to believe what Kramer said on the 911 call, O.J. Simpson is innocent, and Kramer came to that conclusion based on his analysis of the video footage. So is it possible that someone wanted a guilty verdict in the trial and Kramer was standing in the way of that outcome? Obviously, we know in hindsight, O.J. was found innocent, but maybe someone was gunning for a guilty verdict in order to try and possibly protect someone in the LAPD, or they just wanted him behind bars for an unknown reason. Mm-hmm. Don't know, but it was a national sensation. There's a variety of scandals here, mm-hmm. potential scandals. But kind of going off of that, there are also some, especially in Kramer's family, that believed he was kidnapped, uh, much for a lot of the reasons we already just talked about, similar reasons he was just kidnapped instead of being murdered. And then was subsequently pushed off a ravine in his well, car? Be- before I even get to that, they think that he had developed some sort of amnesia that was brought on by the stress of his work. But the reason that people believe this is because there were several supposed sightings of Kramer following the episode of Unsolved Mysteries discussing his disappearance. So after his image was put on national TV, they were getting in calls saying, hey, we saw him there, we saw him there. Now, obviously, I don't think so. I think it's because bringing that kind of attention. Right. To, and it is such a fascinating story. I, I think that's the same with like any murder case where there's a sketch of the person. Call us if you think you've seen them. I mean, right. y- you could see people love putting themselves in cases. Like yes. This. Yeah. And that's uh, what I was going for. <laughs> right. And what I think what fascinates me most about shows like Unsolved Mysteries is they'll do uh, reenactments mm-hmm. of things that happen. And the actors that play the characters in those reenactments will be just living their life. And someone will call in saying, hey, we saw the killer. And it was just the actor that played the killer that only uh, vaguely resembles the actual suspect. Yeah. Um. So I'm just saying, I'm just thinking so many people call in. Yeah. There were a couple famous sightings, but I didn't even put it in this episode because Mm -hmm. his remains were found and they were verified and validated through dental records. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, that was his body in his car. Now you can question whether he put himself in that ravine or if someone else did Mm -hmm. or maybe even post-mortem put him in there. I don't know, but I think that is him and it's not like he's still out there to this day with amnesia. Okay. I have a few thoughts. The point I was just trying to get at, though, quick, was since his body was or remains were verified through dental records, anyone claiming that it was faked, like, that would mean whoever was conducting not only the investigation, but the hikers that found the van Mm -hmm. and everything had to have somehow been in on it and manipulated or faked actual autopsy or I, I guess it wouldn't be autopsy, but like 
mortuary uh, paperwork or whatever. So I just don't think that is likely. That's what my point was. Now, if this was a government conspiracy, that would not be entirely out of the question to get a cover up of that extent. Even if something like that were possible, what would the point be in putting someone else's remains in his own car and keeping him alive elsewhere. I mean, why put anyone in witness protection? I mean, like, may, he, not saying he was a well, maybe he witnessed whoever killed OJ. Whoever killed, <laughs> I guess that's possible. Killed, yes, um, OJ's wife, the actual perpetrator that was yes. definitely not OJ, super not OJ at right. all. Right. So maybe he was put in witness protection, or maybe if he was on the verge of some incredible breakthrough as you described it's possible he was in danger of being taken out kidnapped enslaved by foreign governments and maybe the american government was like nope we are locking this down we're faking your death death. i mean it's it seems it's unlikely it's just i'm trying to Governments, whether it be the U.S. government or, you know, Russia or any foreign government, you know, they've done shadier things in the past for sure. Right. So I guess that's not out of the realm of possibility. And I will say, too, that technology, if if it were something that's possible and he was actually on the verge of developing, I'm sure the government would step in as soon as they got wind of it. Yes. So it's kind of reminding me of, of Andrew Baziago from last week. That sort of technology... It would like upend the entire American culture eventually, or world culture. It, it would, it world would, culture. It would, you know what I mean? Upend the paradigm of like current scientific theory because it would totally disprove Einstein's theory of relativity, too. Right. So, so I mean, would, and the things you could do with it would completely disrupt the status quo. Now, I mean, like, we know that there are corporations in the US that lobby things as simple as making taxes easier because we've got H&R Block that wants taxes to remain difficult so people pay them to do their taxes. It's like a billion-dollar industry. Right. Maybe he was in danger both from the outside and the inside. Maybe there were other governments that had heard of what he was planning, or maybe there were corporations that would become obsolete that were like, this is not gonna stand yeah and i don't even know the what would be applicable like in everyday life from his discovery because when they they said putting information and matter through space travel like not outer space travel but like travel through space faster than the speed of light so i don't know if that would be limited to like digital stuff or or if you could actually move an object through space I don't know. But even if you think about it, even if he came up with just like the seed of the idea, mm-hmm. other people would take it and it would eventually grow into advanced technology. Yeah. Well, I mean, t- maybe teleportation. I don't know. We we don't have that technology or right. information about it. But I mean, the start of an idea is just as valuable as the end product. Because think of if we did know how to move things at the speed of light, where we would be today. Maybe Andrew Baziago was right. Maybe Barack Obama was on Mars. Maybe. <laughs> you never know. So this this whole theory, it's not like there's one specific idea of what happened to Mm-mm. Kramer. It's more of like a 
something happened to him. And it's a lot like this whole current thing we've been doing with the past couple of years. Epstein didn't kill himself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same idea of he knows too much. So someone had him kill himself. Or pretended to be killed. Right. Now is working for someone somewhere. Maybe he's working for the government. Maybe we have all of this technology figured out now, but it is in the annals of Area 51. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. But at the same time, if I can, you know, hear current senators' stances on, like, current events, it's it would be astounding if they had this technology and weren't doing anything with it because they currently definitely don't seem like they know anything yeah well it's all front it's a dog and pony show yeah i don't know i this is fascinating even if we go with the mundane answer quote-unquote mundane answer that it was a stress break and he killed himself right that in itself is fascinating slash horrifying because clearly it happened i mean the stress may have been building on him and building on him and building on him over time but clearly he was perfectly fine when he left to pick up his friends he must have been fine when he was going to the airport Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden bam something happens right and And then he made all those phone calls yes and he's like i know i'm gonna die which is why i love i love the idea of like fake his own death because it's like he knows he's going to have to die. He wants to say these last few things to people before he disappears. And Possibly. it all happened in like an instant. Not an instant. But he he's like lining up his affairs because he knew something was going to happen. Whether he was going to kill himself or he was going to be disappeared. I just don't. I, uh, I go, Going off what you said, though, it is interesting the calls he did decide to make. So the first call he made to his wife. And it was kind of like a, hey, things, plans change. I'll be back soon with a surprise. Yeah. So that seems like a kind of, you know, maybe a way to give himself some time to figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. But then he calls his best friend and former bandmate Mm -hmm. who he kept in touch with and, you know, stayed close with throughout decades. Well, hasn't been quite decades, but like 20 years. And then he says, I love you, you know, more than anything. Then he calls his wife again and says, bye, basically. Yeah. So it is weird that he made the choice to try and save himself some time. So maybe he was or possibly save himself some time or make her feel like he wasn't actually leaving. Maybe he was still trying to figure something out, but then decided to call her back. So I don't know. Right. Or maybe he saw someone following him and they drove him off the cliff or something. I don't know. And it's been it. it was what five years four years till they found his body mm-hmm. so like how much evidence can you glean from that i the only evidence i saw when doing this research was a picture of the van which seemed to actually be in fairly decent shape at least looking at the paint mm-hmm. like it hadn't completely rusted out or anything i mean sure. obviously I, I don't think it was drivable after going down a ravine yeah but um i didn't see any like pictures of the remains or anything but i I, i'm pretty sure it was entirely skeletal so they couldn't really do you know any research beyond fractures to bone right but you can do some research into like angle of the car off the cliff how far away it was from but right after four years though a lot of that's out the window because of erosion and exactly other things that may have fallen on top of the trail that the van took Mm -hmm. so 
This one is going to f- keep me up at night. It's it's weird. It's it's scary stuff because we I, we'll never know. This is something My we will never get the answer like, to. I'm going to say the easiest explanation is usually the correct one, but the more interesting explanation of like government conspiracy is also not it's not completely out there just based on like things we know about past government conspiracies right i mean it sounds like a bad spy movie but where did what are those based off anyways i <laughs> i i don't think it's i think it's just as believable to say that what he was saying on the 911 call was true and he did decide to commit suicide mm-hmm. that isn't you know of course entirely sad and i don't know i yeah. but I, I just think it's more or just as likely that he could have been working on revolutionary tech and someone wanted to manipulate him into getting something out of it, whether it be corporation, government, maybe even a friend. I don't know. And when he disagreed with that, they wanted to take it yeah. or at least make him not able to bring it about right. to the world. I can see it going both ways. You know what? If we have any mental health professionals that can weigh in on the uh, potential mental breaks option, or if we have any people who have experience in witness protection, please feel free to let me know how you can disappear people like that. But but the thing the thing is though, we we can only the the only evidence we have is the word of his family and friends mm-hmm. shortly before his disappearance. So. Well, those are the people that I would trust the most, unless no, they were sure. in on the hiding of him. Possibly. I don't know. Anything's possible. But I'm just thinking, you know, we have to take them at their word. The only actual recording that exists of these phone calls was the 911 call. So the other calls made to his wife twice and his friend Ron Bushy, you know, they're paraphrasing. The, you know, he, the tone of voice could have been a major... Yes. Majorly important part of a potential investigation. Maybe he was trying to use code words if it was something about him being followed or something. But to me, if you were a family member or his best friend and you were that close to him, you would know his expressions, tone of voice. I mean, he may be saying something that doesn't really make sense to you, but if anybody is going to pick up on tones and inflections it's gonna be the wife and the best friend don't you think but both of them did say he did sound weird and they attributed it to the huge amount of stress he had been through the two weeks prior to his disappearance right 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 so i'm just saying we don't have any recordings of those calls and i this is just something we'll never know (laughs) I hate that. I hate that we are never going to know. You know what? I'm going to make a prediction that in 2035, he's going to come back out and say, we can teleport now. <laughs> Andrew was Andrew Baziago was right. I created it, the time machine. He's going to be the VP candidate with Baziago. <laughs> yes. That would be very nice, uh, especially for his, his uh, friends and family. If he yes. came back, but I, I I will say I think they have moved on. Uh, Ron Bushy actually unfortunately passed in August of last year as well. Man. Um So I mean, because this was you know almost thirty years ago now. That's a crazy. That story is bonkers. But that's all I got for this story. Jesus. So let, let us know 
for our listeners. Let us know what you think of this. Any theories you have? Yeah, send us your theories. I legitimately want to know what you think. Um, you you will plug the the email in a little bit, but uh, if you do want to join our Discord and you know talk to us there too, uh, we have other people talking about our uh, episodes every week as well. Um, you can interact with the community as well as the moderators and show hosts of other Nerdist Cloth shows as well. Yeah, so check that out. Yeah. In the meantime, I've got some 2022 predictions for you. Now, this article is a little less than a month old. I should have brought this out earlier in January, but bring it out now. Okay. There is a visually impaired psychic in Bulgaria okay. named Baba Vanga. Okay. And she's also known as the Nostradamus of the Balkans. Is that self-appointed title or is she famous? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I just, I just want to know her track record for her. Okay, well, here's the thing. Apparently, she's had a bunch of predictions that have translated into real-life events, i.e. 9-11, Brexit, ISIS. And she died in 1996, but she made yearly predictions until 5,079. That's a lot of work. Yes. Like just e even if you're just kind of. It may not have been for every year, but she has predictions going up till 5,079. Wow. She potentially has like one for 2022 and then not another one till like 3,100. And then sure, like <laughs> sure. But, but these predictions you're about to read through are definitely written for 2022? These are several predictions for 2022, and these are just a few predictions. And I, I'm i going to give you my thoughts about them Okay. after I read them. Okay. But I am going to say she died in 1996, so she does not necessarily— The world context has definitely changed in the past two years, so she did yes. not have prior knowledge of that. Or she, she you, did because she well, was Well, yeah, psychic. even though she should have, according <laughs> to her. But here are the predictions for 2022. A new virus. Now, we're already in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. Maybe it means a new variant that's deadlier than the previous. Well, she says that there will be another lethal virus discovered by a team of researchers in Siberia. And as of right now, it's frozen. You know what? That's weird. That's weird that you say that because there has, I, I don't know if it was in Siberia, but there has been talk in the past couple of years of people digging into ice where they shouldn't in Antarctica, which is much like The Thing, the movie The Thing. Yeah. Um, but also happening in like Greenland and stuff too. Yeah. Like thawing out bacteria that shouldn't be thawed. Right. Well, her next claim, water crisis. Many cities all across the world will be hit by a scarcity of drinking water and an increase of pollution in the rivers. That's I, like just a generally good prediction for the future. But that was made before she died in 1996, and the water crisis was not on the top of people's minds 30 years ago. But it is something that is definitely an issue now. I mean, water is now a publicly traded commodity. Mm -hmm. It's insane. She predicted... That there would be a large tsunami in 2022. Mm -hmm. Several Asian and Australian countries will be hit by massive floods, leaving, leading to hundreds of deaths. Now, there was just a mm -hmm. large, was it a volcano that caused a tsunami? Yep, volcano, uh, volcanic eruption under the sea. And it's a pretty much just devastated Tonga, right? Yeah. I don't know if the, if the claim that 
how many did she say would die? Hundreds of deaths. I'm, and I, that I don't, I don't have. Yeah, I, I haven't looked enough into the, the recent tsunami, but I don't know if there were quite that many casualties. I don't know. So I'm right, just saying I'm unsure as well. possibly but inaccurate. interesting that she saw the, the tsunami. Maybe that's only the first of many. another Global tsunami. Global warming. Um, okay. Uh, in 2022, India will be hit by several locust attacks that will destroy crops, agricultural plots, and lead to famine. She also says there will be a sharp rise in temperature as high as 50 degrees Celsius. Which there's a lot of degrees. I don't know how, what that translates to in Fahrenheit because I'm an idiot, but... I mean, I guess it depends on the relative what it is to what it becomes. Right. But 50 degrees Celsius, you know, that's from freezing to moderate temperatures. Warm. That's warm temperatures. Right. Yeah, that would be a deadly thing if that were true. Okay, wait. Now I'm going to get on to the last and coolest one. Guess what it is. Uh, bears. No. Who oh. are you talking to? Boar attacks? No. Baba Vanga predicted that an asteroid known by the name of Oumuamua, O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A, Oumuamua, it will be sent by aliens to look for life on Earth. Okay. Now, apparently... It passed through Earth back in 2017, and there have been bits of evidence that suggest that Oumuamua has come from outside of our planetary system. When it was first spotted, so it is real, when Mm -hmm. it was first spotted, Harvard researchers posited that the object was, in fact, an alien spaceship. I kind of remember that. That was back in 2017, you said, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of remember seeing headlines uh, along those lines. Well, apparently it's coming back this year. According to Baba, ba- Baba Goosh. Or ba- Baba uh, Got. All I can think of is an Agata de Vida. <laughs> um, let's see. Another important prediction. 2022 will be the year of virtual reality and people will spend more time on screen. I mean, that's just a. If you're looking at the technology, the no, way technologies. No, 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 you're you're putting it off too much. This is the year that the metaverse is becoming a thing, and it's supposed to take off for businesses. I suppose and be the new Facebook, but it's going to be virtual. So hey, maybe that's what she saw. Now it sounds like you are a believer in Baba Vanga. Um, mm, not so much with the second to last one you had said about the asteroid. Uh, only because... But don't you think the other ones... I mean, They're very in, general. Yes. Virus. The, I mean... Actually, the temperature rise seems uh, impossible to me, even with global warming. Degree, yeah. Um, but things like virus, tsunami, like water crisis. Drought and famine. Yes. To me, those are like... They happen at some point every decade in some area of the world, really. Yes, but it is interesting the way you have validated each of her claims, pretty much. I was just trying to make you feel better, really. <laughs> now, here is some some evidence to support Baba Vanga and okay. her validity. Baba Vanga predicted the 9-11 attacks by saying, Horror, horror. The American brethren will fall after being attacked by steel birds. The wolves will be howling in a bush and innocent blood will be gushing. She also reportedly foretold that Europe would be invaded by Muslim extremists in the year 2016 and that the conflict would begin with the Arab Spring in 2010. 
Wait, what was that an issue in 2016 with like Islam invading Europe? I, I mean, Arab Spring, sure. I, I guess maybe she could have predicted that because that was a huge deal back in what 2010 or 2012, whenever that happened. Uh, but I don't remember anything big happening in 2016. This article comes from WION News. World is one news. Uh, all right. Well, it's an Indian conglomerate holding company and corporate promoter headquartered in India. The company has business interests in mass media. Look, just believe Baba Vanga. She's dead. I don't believe her. What does being dead have to do with anything? Because she can't back up her claims. Well, that's why they're called predictions, you turd. Anyways. That's what I say to that. Well, we'll see by the end of the year if um, India has been devastated by locusts. uh, And famine and 50 degree Celsius. Famine, 50 degrees. uh, There's another deadly virus that spreads around. And um, if there's a spaceship that comes to Earth. Though, you know what? The government might cover that one up. So we might never hear about that one. True. Um, But the tsunami thing, I'm not going to give that to her. Why? Because I don't think hundreds died. And she specified that. Maybe she was just talking about a tsunami and then just made the assumption that hundreds of people will die because it's a mm, tsunami. You can't make assumptions when you're making predictions. Ugh, Jesus. Have a little faith in the Baba Vanga. If you, the <laughs> listener, have any stories you would like to send us, send it our way. And it doesn't have to be news stories, too. If you have personal stories you would like us to talk about on the podcast. Love reading spooky it. stories. Yeah, you can send it to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or at NerdsLothHQ, and you can also join our Discord and send us stories there as well. Or you can email us at podcasts at NerdSloth.com. That's podcast with an S at the end, folks. Podcasts at NerdSloth.com. Yes. And uh, we said this at the top of the episode, too, but since... We've never really plugged it. Uh, If you would like to support us and you have the means to do so, we do have a Patreon and you can go to nerdsloth.com, go to the community section and information would be there. Um, Any contribution we would greatly appreciate, but definitely don't feel like you have to. And shout out to Semantics. I love you, bud. Yep. All right. Well, we will catch you all next week. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.